0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, April 8, 2015. Today we are reading from the Big Book, Chapter 5, and we are at page 68, paragraph 1. Today's readers are Julie R., Karen M., and Devorah S. The reference number for Tuesday, April 7th, is 7456. That's 7456. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Anita L. to read the 12 Steps.
1: Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L., recovered for today by the grace of God from Philadelphia area. The 12 Steps. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Anita. I will now ask Nancy S. to read the 12 Traditions.
2: Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. This is Nancy S. from Wisconsin 4. Each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups, or OA as a whole. 5. Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. 6. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions. Ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do this service and I pass.
0: Everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book on page 68, paragraph 1. I will ask Julie R. to begin reading.
3: Hi, thank you, Katie. This is Julie R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in California. We reviewed our fears thoroughly. We put them on paper. Even though we had no resentments in connection with them, we asked ourselves ourselves why we had them Wasn't it because self-reliance failed us? Self-reliance was good as far as it went, but it didn't go far enough. Some of us once had great self-confidence, but it didn't fully solve the fear problem or any other. When it made us cocky, it was worse. Again, this is Um, You know, Reviewing our fears thoroughly tells me right there that I need to take time I don't mean weeks or months, but I need to sit down and get quiet and really think about what those fears are and then also put it on paper. I lived in my head so much of the time that I could make a mountain out of a molehill or I could also, um, uh, backwards, I could also do it that way also. I can just make something so small when it was big. So for me, doing the fears, I have to do them on paper because I have to follow exactly what the big book says. And I have to, you know, decide, okay, well, what is the fear? I got to list them because I cannot keep them in my head. And then I look, you know, how did self-reliance fail me? How did I get things going with fear? Um, Because it would take on its own role and it would get bigger and bigger. So what was my part in this fear? You know, I'm not looking for someone else's. This is totally what's going on in my head. And I would have to ask, you know, ask my God to help me direct my thinking and my attention to how it would look a different way. So, You know, before, fear was also a sign of weakness for me. But now I use it as a barometer because as I, you know, live in 10, 11, and 12, I do fear sheets a few times a week where I will go get a piece of paper, I'll list my fear, I'll look at my part, you know, how do I keep this fear alive in me? And then how did my self-reliance fail me? You know, what am I doing? Am I talking about this too much to people? Am I looking to be a victim in this? And then it's like, okay, I need to bring God into this so that it will, you know, go away. So this is this is kind of scary, but it's also very exciting because I don't have to keep the fear because I can eat over fear, I can act over fear, but today, you know, I do my fear sheets and um, I never did those before up until I became recovered. This, you know, three, four years ago when I got into the big book, I always kept the fears in my head. So um, this is a pretty um, exciting part of my program that I do weekly if not daily, during times of strife. So with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you so much, Julia. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Matt Sally. M. Sally. Larry. Okay, I heard Matt M. I thought I heard Chelsea or something. No, and then Sally. 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 Okay, I heard. Okay, okay, Matt M., Sally A., Larry K., and Rekethet. Okay,
4: go ahead, Matt M. Hi, good morning, everyone. This is Matt M, compulsive over here from New Jersey. Um, yeah, that's a perfect paragraph. I'm working on my fourth step right now. We're doing the fear for Tori at, at the same time. And um, I was really somebody who had um, a lot of self-confidence So there really was cockiness that I never did anything wrong. I didn't have anything to fear. You know, it's the fear itself, you know, self-reliance. <laughs> I just self-reliance as a way for me to... um. um binge to binge, you know, because I'm not good enough. That's really what a self-reliance was, you know. I didn't go far enough in that really looking at my own self before I came in the program. There's always somebody else's problem. And, uh, yeah, the cockiness, oh my God, I was really self- willing, right, with that. Um, that, uh, yeah, I had things I had to worry about. So what, I was paying my bills, all my using all my money to buy food. I'll be fine. I'll, I'll somebody to come and rescue me. I never really had the, the normal fears that people have every day, you know, I just didn't have them. I feared that I would never have enough food. That was what, really what I was afraid of. Um, I start to realize that just for today, um, I have to rely on my higher power and have the willingness every day to work the student's stuff, book, even when I'm sick. It's like, no, <laughs> I'm just grateful everyone is here to listen, and um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Sally A., your turn. Thank you, Katie. Good morning. A vision for you. It's Sally A. in South Jersey, a recovered compulsive overeater. So it says here, we reviewed our fears thoroughly. And what were we really reviewing when we reviewed our fears? I was reading on page 76 in the 12 and 12, and it says there on about the middle of the page, <clears throat> second paragraph, it says, the chief activator of our defects has been self-centered fear. Let me say it one more time. The chief activator of our defects has been self-centered fear. Primarily fear that we would lose something we already possess, or would fail to get something we demanded. And this to me is really an important statement. It speaks volumes to me. When I reviewed my fears, what I was really reviewing was my character defects because that's what these this whole fourth step inventory ends up teaching me. It shows me all of the ways that I was manipulating the world and the people around me to get what I wanted or to not lose something that I already possessed. And so I reviewed my fears thoroughly. I put them on paper even though we had no resentment in connection with them. You know, Our resentments often have fear connected to them. Our fear doesn't have to have resentment connected to it. But that just shows you the level of how we were driven by a hundred forms of fear, that fear ekes into so many things. We asked ourselves why why we had them. Wasn't it because self-reliance failed us? Self-reliance was good as far as it went, but it didn't go far enough. I remember, I'm going to end with this, I remember reading a whole book about never good enough, how the book was trying to tell me, you are good enough, you are good enough. Guess what? I wasn't good enough, and I'm happy to find out that I don't have to be good enough anymore, that I have a a higher power, and that's what this is all about, that I can finally surrender and say, okay, in every one of these steps, I require a higher power that give me a foot up to help me because I'm not good enough, and it's it's okay. I can finally say it's okay. Thanks for letting me share with all with that I Thank you, Sally. And Larry Kay, you're up.
5: Thanks, Katie. Uh, Larry Kay, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Um, you know, it's self-reliance versus God reliance. And and you see I, I needed a, a major cognitive shift here. Um, for many of us, you know, to continue on this this fear based path. We were on was going to be an exercise in futility. I know it was for me, and you know, prior to having a complete spiritual overhaul, um, as a result of these steps, you know, here was the cycle I adhered to. You know, and maybe this would resonate with someone else. You know, life life happened. In other words, I, I was visited by crisis. The storm rolled in. People situations didn't respond the way that I was convinced they should, and. And out of fear and frustration, the next thing I did is I took the counsel of my master, me. You know, and and this delusional committee made up of me, myself and I, we would gather together and it convinced me to seek greater control of my circumstances. You know, convinced that 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 this would alleviate my fears. So my pattern was I would do things I would self-sabotage. I would take my ball and go home. I would, of course, I would gossip about you. Um, I'd become passive aggressive at times. I, I occasionally would explode, verbally ripping into you know, others with disdain. I would self isolate at other times and I would binge, binge my brains out. I would shop, I would steal, any anything to get me out of my fear. I would do almost anything to numb out the fear. And yet in my quieter moments, I may become a bit introspective and may get a sliver of clarity of truth. You know, that maybe perhaps, you know, my behavior, my thinking is insane. I can't go on like this. So step four for me is truly about uncovering those patterns of destructive thinking, which lead to more misery because all action is born in thought. And it was my thinking that God was was going to change. And for as long as pride would lead me to control everything and everyone, I would continue to drown in a sea of self. And yet the moment I, I hand over the reins to, to my higher power, it's in that, you know, in the subtlety of that process of surrender that my life begins to change in miraculous ways. You know, my fears are lifted. And so where you know, while while fear is a legitimate response to physical and emotional danger, you know, we often fear situations that are far from life-threatening. And for me, those bad experiences would trigger a fear response that was really keeping me shackled to self. And so it, it was, it says, you know, fear is an evil, corroding thread. Yeah. You know, through the steps, God has released me from that prison, that self-imposed prison of fear. And I don't have that anymore. With that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you so much, Larry Kay. it your turn. Thank you, Katie. This is Roquette, recovered compulsive opioid eater in California. And self reliance never, never did anything for me because the way I reacted, I had, you know, I reacted very badly to fear. What was my reaction? To eat. To eat. What connection is there between fear and eating? That kind of reaction is not going to get me anywhere except total misery. And also, um, my fears, I used to blow them up. I used to blow them up, and I still do at times. You know, I can take something, a little fear, and make it into something giant, and the real likelihood of that happening is so small. Like, um, for instance, if I have a disagreement with my daughter, we don't agree, and she gets angry at me, and I think my fear is that she's never going to talk to me again. My fear is she's not going to love me. She's never going to talk to me again. I'm never going to see her again. That's my fear. That's where my fear goes from having a small disagreement with my daughter. I just blow it up. blow it up into all kinds of crazy things. And if I sit down and look at it and say to myself, is that really a fear? I mean, is that really going to happen? No, that's not going to happen. We have a very close relationship. I love her. She loves me. It's very, very close. And so from a little argument a disagreement, I have an argument, a disagreement, that's where my head goes. I have this tremendous fear all of a sudden. And it just mushrooms and mushrooms and mushrooms. And when I stop and look at it and ask myself, is that a real fear? No, it's not. And the reason that I'm making it into this big thing is because, you know, I know that can happen to other people. I've heard of stories like that. But for me, that's that's not a real fear. And I have no reason to react the way I do by going and bitching my brains out so that I can get rid of that fear when it's not even a real fear. It's just a fear in my mind. So um, when I turn over my fears to God, when I give them to God, when I tell God, take my fears, I give them to you, just like I give my food to God. God, take my food, I give it to you. I feel so much better, and I know that my fears I can I can manage it much better and I can be much more realistic about what is a true fear and what isn't. Thank you for letting me share that pass. Thank you, Rakafin. Who else would like to share on this paragraph?
6: This is Bella can I share? Linda
0: R. Anita J. J. Okay, I have Bella. Um, Linda R. Linda Anita. Thank you. Linda, I mean Anita J., and there was someone else.
7: Angela J. from Westchester. Okay, Angela J.
0: D, I'm sorry, D.
7: Angela D,
0: as in domain? The, 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 the yes. yes. Okay. Okay, let's go with Bella, Linda R., Anita J., and Angela D. Thank you.
6: Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Thank you, Katie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. We asked ourselves why we had them. Wow. So honesty. You know, before the program, I knew that there are some feelings that it's better not to talk about them not to tell people, not to tell to myself that I have them. There are certainly some feelings that if people, if I would accept those feelings, so something is terrible with me. Wow. And this is to be in a jail, in a jail of myself, not to, allowing, not to allow myself to feel, to feel whatever feeling I had. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that now I am in the program and I can be honest. Honest with myself. Honest with God. And yes, God created all those feelings too. All those feelings that are not comfortable to feel them. And now, today, thank you, God, that I am in the program. I am not connected to my ego, to my power. I am not connected to be a people pleaser. And today, thank you, God, I, I, have, I let myself to feel, to feel, and it's okay. I am human, and I have the fear that I am not stopping there. Today, thank you, God, I open my toolbox. And today, thank you, God, I know what to do with my fear. I can stop and I can pause and say to myself, Bella, what is this for this fear all about? Is this because you want the power? Is this because you want the control? Today I am connected to an accepting power, to a power that loves me and respects me. Today I can face the fear and to feel it and to say Well, today I am in the hands of God. God is with me. I trust God. God trusts me. Today I am connected to a loving power, to a power that there is no end for this power. Today the fear for me is another step to come closer to God and to ask for His help. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Bella, and Linda R. Your turn. Good morning, everyone. This is Linda R. Recovered in South Florida, and thank you so much for your service. Very grateful to this fellowship. Anyway, this paragraph about fear. What's coming into my mind is when I came into the program and read the doctor's opinion. I was told I had a twofold disease physical allergy of the body, and an obsession of the mind. So when I went through the steps, I put down my substance, you know, my food substance that was causing that first part, and then, woe and behold, the fear surfaced. To me, the fear is the mental obsession that occurs once I put down my food. So there I was left with that. Then I went through the steps, got to the fourth, and then through the fourth step inventory, I had to take a look at myself. I was told I had the resentment list, and then the flip side was fear. Then I had to do those turnarounds and see this in a different light and give it to my higher power, who was enough in, in, I can't say it anyway, to my higher power, not finite Linda, but infinite higher power. And through that process, I was able to turn it around. However, fear, I am fear-based because addiction, in every addiction, it's fear-based. So that will crop up on a daily basis for me, or sometimes I get a reprieve. However, now I have the work that I have been taught to do in this wonderful program. I can do my 10th, 11th, and 12th steps, and the fear definitely is lifted. So what I'm sharing this morning is for me, when I get the fear, I don't let it fester. I don't let it fester immediately. I'm aware of it. Thank you, dear God. I have such wonderful tools and steps where I can turn it around. Because if I let that really stay in my body for a long period of time, there's gonna be some kind of abuse going on. And plus, that's my mental obsession. Once I put food down, baby, I'm open to all of these defects coming up. But thank you, dear God, for the 12 steps in the fellowship. Thank you. Thank you. Anita J. your turn. Hi, thank you. This is Anita Jay, recovered in Massachusetts. Well, I can't let the word fear go without saying some bit of my experience with it. And when I walked through the doors of OA, I was so insulated from my inside. I mean, I didn't know this. This is me looking back. But I still remember seven years going to meetings, typical meetings, Um, Oh, and some big books, very little, Um, but anyway, after seven years, I realized that I was totally filled with fear, everything, the moment I could do my quiet time, we were pretty good at that, go out, get in the car, and go to work, and I was filled with fear. And I raised my children that way. I mean, I didn't make them. Maybe they are too. I don't know. I, all I know is that my eight year old son, I dropped off at a store and he was going to return his shoes. I couldn't do it. I could not do it. And, um, it's a terrible way to live. But finally, uh, well, something hit me the other day, and that is years and years ago after World War II, there was a story, maybe 20 years later, they found some guy hiding on an island. He thought the war was still going on. And I thought, oh, my God, what a metaphor for Anita, for little Anita. She thought the war was still going on. And this was decades later. And through this, these kinds of processes, you can stop and turn and face them and get them right size and realize, yes, you, you, you couldn't handle those little things. You, you were just a little kid. And you, But whatever comes your way now, you do have a God in your life. I call him God. And he can handle it for me when I let go. Right now I'm in a wonderful letting go period and um, you wonder why didn't you surrender sooner? But that doesn't matter. I'm surrendered today and as everybody can be. And you'll have um, a whole fellowship that you hear. I don't think anyone is regretting they face the fear. And with that, I pass.
7: Thank you, Anita J. Angela D. Can you hear me? It's Angela D. from Westchester. Yes, I can. Thank you. Yes, a newly recovered compulsive overeater, and I'll try to make this as short as possible. I always was afraid to get on this line. That's my fears. I was afraid of everything in my life, everything. Yesterday was 25 years that I know this program. But now I know from this program, I read the big book, God's Love Story in that big book, and he tells me how to get rid of my fears, because I could not go out the door without being afraid of something. I pray my fear prayer every single day, all day. I pray so many other prayers. God has delivered me, and he keeps delivering me from this terrible, terrible obsession that I had in my mind and it was fear and I'm thankful for all the visionaries may God bless you thank you
0: thank you so much is there anyone else who would like to share on this paragraph before we move on Anita L Anita L and Baza and then um, we will go to the next paragraph okay Anita L yes good morning everybody uh i just wanted to share
1: that i'm so grateful you know people say they're so scared to do their um inventory and and uh especially sur- you know surrender it and give it away to someone with a fifth step and um i've done several many like probably a dozen in uh all my years in oa and Actually, this month is 37 years I'm in the program. Thank you, God. And uh, each time I've grown from the experience. And um, now, because of using the big book way of going through the steps, I rarely will probably ever have to do uh, another entire four-step. Maybe uh, one issue may pop up that needs in-depth uh examination however i don't have to go back through my life anymore because um going through the steps this time using the big book i think i've done a thorough job anyway i'm grateful that i was able to look at my character defects and for me most of them fell under the category of fear and i'm grateful that i'm able to see that today and to let them go, and to recognize that fear did plague my life. It really did my whole life, and today I'm free. Most of the time, I rarely feel fear, and I did share yesterday that I had a fear, and it was fear of the unknown, basically, not knowing how this train station would work, going to New York, And, you know, I surrendered it before the meeting. And then here we ended up talking about fear throughout the meeting yesterday. What a gift God gave me. And by the time I got to the train station yesterday, I got there early. I had plenty of time to go through the process. I didn't have to rush. That was a huge part of my fear. I made my train on time. I was able to relax and had such a beautiful time being with my sponsee, never met her before. And God is so good that people are put in our lives for specific reasons. And, oh, man, it it was just a beautiful day. So I just wanted to share that I don't have to be afraid to look at my fears anymore because they will lead me to freedom. So with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And Vasa, it's your turn. Vasa,
8: please press star one
9: to unmute. Sorry, I'm having trouble with my phone. Can everybody can you hear me, Katie? Yes, we can hear you now. Thank you. Thank you so much for your service. And I am Vasa over, uh Grateful Recover, Compulsive Reader, calling from Florida. And, again, I'm just so grateful I started with the big book when I started with my program, you know, my Overeaters Anonymous. And it says, follow the directions the way they're laid out. And and I needed to take one step at a time, one paragraph at a time, because, again, English was my second language. I, I just did not know so much. You know, I needed to be shown. I needed to be explained. So it says, list all my fears. And on a piece of paper, and I had probably at least six hundred at least three hundred sixty five fears for every day of the year, and probably even more than that. I was so fearful person and uh again fear uh whether they were real fears or or imaginary fears uh, they I, you know it was controlling my my life you know and uh, I was, again, I had many, many fears, but I was also afraid to admit my fears because I thought that was a weakness. I mean, to tell somebody I have a fear of my husband leaving me, you know, I, you know, to admit that fear, you know, that was really tough. I mean, as as I said, I had many fears. And um, I, I, I don't know, I did it like this, uh, I think when I did it, in those days, like 30 years ago almost, and it said when the fear started. I needed to connect back, you know, in my childhood, what happened. My mother was a fear-based person, so she, I'm sure she passed a lot of her fears to me, and then I probably passed some of my fears on my kids, but I thank God I came in recovery when my kids were younger, and hopefully there had been some damage, but not as much damage as, that I got when I was growing up. So it said when the fear started, so I had to go back into my childhood and how it affected my life over the years. It paralyzed me and uh, how my self-reliance failed. It failed me and what I needed to do instead. You know, every time, I mean, with each fear, fear, fear that I listed, I always... Put it at the end. I need to. I needed to to trust and rel- rely in my higher power, which I call God today. And again, um, never feeling good enough, you know. Uh, and today, you know, doing the turnarounds, I feel like I am good enough. I am enough. I am enough today. So I'm just so grateful that you know my fears have been lifted. You know, one by one. I mean, if I somebody said to me, okay, Vasa, you're going to drive from Florida to Massachusetts. Now, that's where we live. We come in Florida for the winter. To drive by myself, I would be afraid. I'd rather do it with a friend, or, you know. But somehow, if I had to do it, I know I can do it because God is going to help me in that area. I don't have to do it, but if I did, I'm sure I can do it. So... Thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Vasa. Okay, Karen M., I'd like for you to read the next paragraph. Perhaps there is a better way.
8: Okay, this is Karen M. Perhaps there is a better way. We think so. For we are now on a basis, different basis, the basis of trusting and relying upon God. We trust infinite God rather than our finite self we are in the world to play the role he assigns just to the extent that we do as we think he would have us and humbly rely on him does he enable us to match calamity with serenity and the foot line i will focus in on is we are in the world to play the role he assigns and um i don't have to play others' roles i don't but i do have to play my role and so sometimes it's important to just be quiet and to remember what is my part in the situation. Um, and and um, I have to follow directions. And it's nothing brilliant. It's what everybody else is doing, these, these um, turnarounds and facing my fears. And um, sometimes when I can have a lot of success and then all of a sudden I start to take matters into my own hands, when I do cooking and, and they can start to flop these recipes. And it's because I haven't followed directions. Because I, I I thought I knew more than I needed to do. So I want to go back to just saying following directions really is really the role I need to play. Um and yesterday I saw on T V my son was in a in a play. He's in a school teaching and he was featured with the class in the in his little Role, which he didn't have any words, but he was just playing the role that he was assigned, and and that is so much a picture of, I just have to do my piece and then I stop, and with that I pass.
0: Thank you, Karen M. Um, who would like to share on this paragraph? Renata. P. M. Chrissy M. Monica. Georgia. Okay, I have Renata, Chrissy M., Monica, do, I think it's R, and Sarah W. Renata, your turn. Thank you, Katie. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata G., Recovered Composed for in New York. Perhaps there is a better way. We think so. For we are now on different bases, the basis of trusting and relying upon God. We trust infinite God better than our finite self. Um, You know, I love this. I really love this part of the book. Um, God is everything for me today, you know, and that's the biggest gift this program has given me. You know, by, by working this 12 steps, I developed a relationship with a higher power whom I call God And so today I'm able to trust and rely on that power. And whenever I do it, it's just like says here in the book, you know, he enabled me to match calamity with serenity. You know, my favorite passage in the big book is on page 100. It says, when we look back, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. Follow the dictates of a higher power. And you presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstances. So whenever, you know, I have fear, it's because I'm trusting and relying on my finite self, which I know is not enough. It's not capable of, you know, tackling life and, you know, dealing with this disease. But when I can, you know, surrender and give myself to that higher power, to God, then there's no reason for anxiety, agitation, you know, fear, because I I trust and believe that God is in control. You know, someone earlier in the meeting said that all actions are born in thoughts. You know, and what this process is for me was to enable me to have my actions be born of faith. You know, today I I have faith that God is in control that God has a plan for me, and God is good, you know, I, one of my fears was fear of God, that if I wasn't perfect, God was going to punish me, and I, I don't have that anymore, because I developed a real relationship with a higher power, and it started on step four, you know, step four is the start of the actions of this program, and uh, by going through all 12 steps, that's what I got, you know, i um, uh, trust and reliance on a higher power. And it's not that I never get fearful, of course I do, but then I have, you know, a method of dealing with it today, thanks to this program, you know, always always going back to the steps, Thanks, and like that. Thank you, Renata. Chrissy M., your turn. Hi, I'm Chrissy, a recovered compulsive eater and anorexic from New Jersey. And a um, big think- a big lie that I tell myself in my recovery is that, oh, but I don't know what God's will is for me. And then I'm in fear over doing the right thing, making a mistake, not knowing my will. Is it God's will? Is it my will? It's That is all a big, a big lie. It's a big trap. And for, what this clarified for me, this, paragraph here, is that I trust infinite God rather than my finite self, which means I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to figure out what God's will is. And that's why doing the next right thing is so important. And the story in the back about acceptance, you know, he just he says that he leaves it to God and he just does the next right thing that's in front of him, trusting that that's God's will. So I have, like, I could sit here and I have, like, the beds are unmade, the laundry needs to be done, and I could be thinking about where is my son going to go to college? You know, what is God's will for my son? And That is a way to live in fear. But to live in the day, to do, it's very clear what the next right thing is when You have a child um, fallen and has a scrape on their knee. It's very clear what God's will is in that moment. So I try to just stay in the reality of what is right now, today, and that's what this program is teaching me to do, and I'm so grateful for it, and that's all I
6: have.
10: Thank you.
0: Thank you, Chrissy. Um, Monica, your turn.
11: Thank you, Katie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. So here we are, we're being given instructions of how to do our fear inventory. And the first thing I said in the paragraph before was, we're going to list them. Now where did these fears, what am I going to list? Well, when we were doing our turnarounds in the fourth step earlier, one of the questions we answered was, what was I afraid of with this? So there's where all my fears are that I'm going to list. And of course, all the other fears that I might have, like fear of of snakes or whatever that might be. So we're going to put them on paper. It says, why did we have them? Where did it originate? Do you? Or when was the first time you felt it? It was a was another question I was to answer. And then the next question wasn't it because self-reliance failed us. You know, how did I try to cope with this fear? How'd that work for you, Monica? That's how I was to answer that. And now in this paragraph, it says, we're now on a different basis, a different foundation, the basis of trusting and relying upon God. We trust infinite, unlimited, never-ending God rather than our limited selves. So I was in then to write, if I trusted and relied on God, what would that look like today? What would I say to myself today? And and someone else was touching on that basis. You know, not all fears are based in reality. Now, is this real or is it not, Monica? That's how I was to answer that. And if I trust God, leave put it all in His. I I don't have to worry. I let Him do the worrying. So that's how we're going to answer that. And then it he enables us to match calamity with serenity. In the next paragraph here, we're going to have a great prayer that whenever Monica feels a fear immediately I pray and ask God to remove it. We're being given the prayer here, and we are given that instruction on page 84 of what to do when a fear shows up. You know, God, a lot of my fears are based on negative imagination. And it paralyzed me. And how did I try to cope with that? I ate. How did that work, Veronica? It didn't work. It made me even more miserable, more fearful. But, you know, it's kind of hard to understand. How does this work? You answer these few questions, you pray a prayer, and then you can get relief from your fears. It works. That's all I can say. It works. So with that, I guess I will pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Monica, and you are your turn.
12: Good morning. This is actually Duell. Uh, thank you very much. Um, this Duell, Recover Compulsive Overeater from New York. Um, this is such a, a really good um, paragraph because I, I always say, um, you know, if if you want to know if you're taking the step right, there should be a result that, that occurs right after you've taken the step. And, um, you know, how do I know that I'm taking the step the way you know the big book is outlining it and and here it says, you know uh, I'm either going to be trusting God or trusting myself and um how do I know that I am trusting God and relying on him? Well, it says it right here He does enable us to match calamity with serenity and and that's the result that's the result when you trust God and rely on him and and i I just want to give this analogy i I always see myself in a tornado and, and when I am in self, I'm in that tornado. I am spinning around and the breeze is hitting me. Everything seems uh, dark and, and windy and everything's just like, like hurting me all the time. And I am just out of control. I am spinning my wheels. And when I am trusting God, I am in the middle of that tornado. I am in the eye of the storm. And the tornado is going all around me, and I am not affected. That's when I know that I am trusting and relying on God rather than my finite self. Because I am centered, I am focused, and I could see the storms of life going around me, and they don't affect me as much. You know, and so I... I love this because I, I just see, you know, where God wants me to be. He wants me to be centered with him. He wants me to be focused on him and focus on, when I'm focused on him, I can see everything going around me and I'm not, I'm not as affected. And so I'm, I'm just grateful that this big book shows us how to deal with the fear, how to, how to focus on God and how to focus on these steps. And it says, you know, we humbly rely on him. Humbly, so that means I have to do my part, and my part is looking at these fears, noticing what they are, noticing that I have been in self-reliance, noticing that I have been self-will, that I have not taken on the role that God has assigned for me. I've taken on my own role, and it's just surrendering that, you know, and if I could sum up the whole big book with one word, it is surrender. Surrender, 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 and with that, I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Duell. Sorry, I wrote that down wrong. Uh, Sarah W, your turn.
13: Good morning, Katie. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everybody. My name is Sarah W. Grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. I just wanted to welcome everybody out on the line. Uh, Anybody that's new, uh, we are in the fourth step, and um, you know it takes the first three to get to the fourth, and. I, I liked what's been said already. Uh, I wanted to focus on the word trust. Um, I know for myself, uh, you know, I work in the medical field. I'm a nurse. And the thing that comes into my mind is that I learned a long time ago that the first stage of development is a, is learning to trust. And, you know, I was a little adopted girl that uh, was in a family home until I was eight months old, and I didn't have much trust. And I think most of us come in pretty broken and we don't trust. And it takes a long time to develop this trust, but the trust is really uh, what we start to find really in the third step. But, the, you know, the first two steps, you know, like, like was stated, you know, the first step is about admitting my powerlessness and the second step is about coming to believe that something greater than me can help me. And the beautiful third step is all about trust. You know, it says faith, but I think it's about trust. It's about trusting that I can make this decision and that God can help me, that this power greater than myself that I find in the second step can help me through whatever it is. And that doesn't mean it's going to turn out exactly the way I want it. See, that's the lie. The lie is that I think I know what's best, but I don't know the bigger picture. And I like what somebody said earlier, you know, we are awfulizers. You know, we think that the worst is going to happen. And when I get into awfulizing, it's, it's, it's about the future. And, you know, really it is about staying in the moment. Um, but sometimes the moment can be very tough. Uh, we can have loss of, of, a, of a loved one. Uh, we can have a loss of health. You know, many of us out on the line have a lot of health issues, issues. With that third step we get to have a reliance on a power greater than us and when we do the work of the fourth step and we look at our fears and we walk alongside and with a higher power we can get through those things and we can match calamity with serenity. So grateful today and with that I'll pass, thank you.
0: Thank you Sarah W and we have time for one more quick share before the meeting is over. Leah. Uh, this is Karen. Leia? I'm sorry, Karen. You'll have to wait until the second hour, but um, Leah
10: M. Thanks so much, Katie. Hi, everybody. It's Leah M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. We are in the world to play the role he assigns just to the extent that we do as we think he would have us, And humbly rely on him, does he enable us to match calamity with serenity? And I was just focusing in on that statement, just to the extent that we do as we think he would have us. You know, that reminds me again of that statement all action is born in thought. That's why I needed a new mind. And step four was the process of examining my mind how am I thinking? What are my attitudes? What's my outlook on life? You know, step four, the process of doing this, uh, you know, study of the way my attitudes and outlook upon life, my emotions and my ideas had been uh, formed because they are the lens to which I look and see the world. So uh, this step four inventory helped me to to look at the way I was thinking because I needed a new mind, a spirit-guided mind. I needed to understand what my biggest problem with fear was. And like resentment, it blocked me off from God. And I needed to get rid of that fear that was controlling my thinking so that God could direct my thinking instead. You know, I had to trust this infinite God. And that was a decision that I made that was an act of faith. You know, I made that decision in step two, Reinforce that decision in step three to have that personal relationship, whatever it was, something greater than me, and that was going to be the new basis of my reality to trust and rely on that power greater than myself. And I had to make that decision, and now I was going to act as if it's true. So when that fear sprung up, okay, here's that decision, no matter what I think I know about the situation, no matter what my feelings are, Because my feelings are irrelevant in the spiritual life. I'm going to act as if it's true. Um, And that changes my thinking. Because in disease, I was compelled to think and feel and act in certain ways according to the conditioning of my mind. Through this step four process, through the whole inventory process of four through nine, um, I was taken out of that darkness and woken up. (laughs) I wasn't merely reacting to life anymore, merely suffering the consequences of my uh, sleeping, my unconsciousness. Now I had an opportunity to be governed by new thoughts. Where was that government going to come? It was going to come through the spiritual realm because I have a choice to choose the lens through which I perceive reality. I could look uh, at the world through the lens of self-centeredness and self-reliance, and I'm going to feel fear, and I'm going to feel resentment, and I'm going to feel isolation and alienation. Or I could choose the lens of spirituality, and I'll feel faith. I'll feel uh, cooperation with God's universe and harmony. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much. Thank you, Leah. Okay, thank you to
0: everyone. Um, I would like to ask... We will now close the reading with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Deborah S please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Please press star one to unmute Deborah.
14: Hi, good morning. This is Deborah in New Jersey. Grateful to be here and recovered.